you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. What's up, Movement Church? It is so good to have you right here, right now, wherever you're at. What's up, studio audience? Let me hear you make some noise in this place. What's up to those of you who are online? Come on, jump in the chat, say what's up, do some hand raise emojis, find a unicorn emoji, throw it in there. Let me say a special what's up to my friends at South Campus. Come on, make some noise. I'm telling you, it is going to be a great day. We're starting a brand new series. But before I go any further, I got to tell you about something that is about to happen. It's about to go down. Turn to somebody next to you say, it's about to go down. Turn to your second choice. Say, no, for real, it's about to go down. We are about to kick off connect groups, and I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. Here is the truth. We believe that church happens between Sundays. We believe that life transformation, life change always happens in circles and not just in rows. It's when we sit down and can hang out and spend time with one another and just be real, open, honest, and transparent. And can I just say, listen, we really fight for authenticity at the movement church. And I'm telling you right now, it's in a connect group where you are known and needed. It's in a connect group where people are going to pray for you by name. It's in a connect group where you're going to see God do something miraculous in your life. And so what I want you to do right now is stop everything. If you're watching this on your phone, you need to get a different device right now. For those of you in the studio audience, those of you at our South Campus, get your phone out. And I want you right now to follow the prompts on the screen. Text the word groups to the number that is on the screen right now. You don't want to miss it. And I'm telling you, what we'll do is follow back up with you because we're doing a new system. Somebody say something new. So Somebody say it with some attitude. Say something new. We are doing a whole new way of connect groups. And here's the purpose, here's the heartbeat behind it. We want to make sure that every person who is leading a group is also being poured into. So we're doing what's called the inhale-exhale model. So for this semester, we're going to try a connect group semester where you meet every other week. And when you meet one week, that will be with your group. And your leader will meet the next week with their group. So every week... We breathe in what God is doing, and then we, hopefully with good breath, breathe out what God is doing. And I'm telling you, I've never been more fired up about it. We are focusing everything we are as a church into our connect groups this semester. Everybody in the studio audience, look at me. Get yourself in a connect group. This semester specifically, God's going to do something awesome. If you believe that, say, what, what? Hey, second, let me just tell you this. When you show up to church, don't come alone. Bring your friend. Turn to your neighbor and say, bring your friend. And if you don't have a friend, find a friend, invite them, make a friend. And just like a Starbucks, hey, do you want to be my friend? No, don't do that. It's creepy. But listen, bring your friends to church here at our North Campus on Wednesday nights, Saturdays. Or listen, invite your friends online. Wherever they are, we are ready for them. Because when, people, when the people of God show up, God's presence show up. Somebody say preach right now. Well, listen, I want to dive into this series. And I'm excited about it. It's called The Blueprint. Somebody say The Blueprint. See, Jesus shows up on the scene and he unpacks that, hey, this is my kingdom. And let me show you my mission. 
and how your life is woven into his kingdom and his mission. In one of the books in the Bible, in the New Testament, one of the first books is Mark. And we have Jesus uh, showing up on the scene. And there's a man named John the Baptist who is there. And he's called John the Baptist because his name was John. And he was baptizing people. And so Jesus shows up. Jesus is the, the Messiah. And John looks at Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who will wash away all the sins of the earth. And he baptizes Jesus. And then a voice from heaven appears and speaks. And the Bible says this voice from heaven is God, and he speaks, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He has this amazing hilltop moment, but the Bible says in Mark 1, immediately, somebody say immediately, Jesus goes into the desert, and he begins a fast. Some, that Nobody ever wants to have a 40-day fast in the desert. Can I get an amen? That's my least favorite spiritual discipline is fasting. I like feasting. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? So he goes to the desert, and he begins a 40-day fast. And then the Bible says that Satan shows up to tempt him. And this is actually kind of profound. And if I was going, I, I wish I could take a moment tonight and, and unpack it a little bit more. But what you need to know is that the reason this is significant is because it shows the humanity of Jesus. You can't be tempted by something that you don't want. Otherwise, it's not temptation. So it shows the very humanity of who Jesus is by the very nature of the fact that he was tempted. But he was a perfect man. He passed the test. And he shows up on the scene and he begins to preach. Look at this, Mark chapter 1. It says, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, listen to this, this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus has just come on the scene. He's recognized by man. He's affirmed by God, acknowledged by Satan, but now it's time for him to reveal his blueprint for his message. And I want to talk to you right now in this moment about what his message is and what it means for you and for me. Let's pray once more. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're doing something profound in our life. We thank you that you're going to help me preach this so profoundly and so quickly in Jesus' name. And everybody who believed that said Amen, which just means I agree, and Pastor Kerry, you're looking really good tonight, so thank you for that. Well, let's talk about the message. Y'all missed me, didn't you? Let's talk about the message of Jesus. What can we pull from the message of Jesus? Well, number one, we pull that Jesus' message is timely. Somebody say timely. His message is timely. Time is our most valuable commodity, and it's God's greatest gift to humanity. But you and I need to know that God is perfect in his timeline. He's always perfect in his timeline. You see, while we are, are really good at killing the timeline, delaying the timeline, polluting the timeline, or ignoring the timeline, but God is perfect in his timing. Jesus shows up and he says, the time is fulfilled. Now is the time. What I love about this is that Jesus is the culmination of the past, the present, and the future. 
I love this because what Jesus does is, is he is yesterday's promised Messiah, today's current need and for an eternity for all who believe. He reaches back into the dawn of the era of man and he brings the gap closed between God and humanity where we said to God, we don't want your way, we want to do things our way. Jesus reaches back into creation and says, I'm going to close the gap between man and God. I'm going to remove the separation. And then he says, you may feel the pain now, but joy comes in the morning. In other words, you might be walking through pain right now, but there will be joy. And then he boasts, and this is what's so important, of a promised future which far surpasses your wildest expectation. Far surpasses your wildest expectation. But this declaration has an urgency to it because eternity hangs in the balance. Now, when we think about eternity, often what we'll do is think about the vast spans. In fact, as humanity, we can't wrap our minds around the concept of eternity. But what he's saying is that eternity is coming so quickly. My pastor in Arizona always says we're headed at life speed towards eternity. Have you ever had a moment where you look back and you're like, oh, my gosh, I was just 16 yesterday. Can I get an amen? Now my knee don't work. My hip don't work. Everything don't work. Y'all, anybody know what I'm talking about? And it happens so fast, and that's how quickly we are headed towards eternity. So when Jesus says the time is fulfilled, he's saying, listen, eternity hangs in the balance, and we cannot afford to delay. So make no mistake about it. Our life and God's timing are short. The second thing we see is that Jesus' message is available. Somebody say available. I love what he says here. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. It's available. He shifts the narrative. He's saying that time is short and eternity is looming, but God's grace is within reach. And this is important because the spiritual leaders of that day and age were making faith unattainable for anyone. And Jesus is saying, no, grace is within reach. He's saying there's an urgency that time can never change the message of God's radical and borderline scandalous grace. He's saying, yes, there's an urgency, but that urgency doesn't change my radical grace. The good news of Jesus is free for all who believe. Free to the one, listen, who believed at an early age in their early tweens or teen years and free to the one who on his deathbed decides to surrender his or her life to Jesus. That's hard for some people because we attain or we aspire or we work to find ourselves in a position of favor with God and God's saying my love for you is free. It's available. He tells this story through what's known as a parable, and it's a parable that many of you have probably heard of, of the prodigal son. And this is the story where he tells of a father who was a wealthy man and had worked his entire life to produce wealth for his two sons. And the youngest son comes into the father and is like, I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing. I would like my inheritance now. 
And the father, full of grace and patience, and I would imagine probably reluctantly, gives this younger son his inheritance. And the Bible says a few days later, he takes off and he runs to the big city and he begins to squander his wealth. But his wealth brought friends and fame and attention. But as you and I know how the story goes, the money don't last too long. And eventually the money runs out. The friends take off. The famine hits the land, and this son has a challenge. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be the father who had worked his entire life to produce this wealth just to give it to his son, and his son squanders it? It's like a slap in the face. And we see this story unfold in a Bible, a book in the Bible called Luke chapter 15, and it says this, but when he came to himself, this is the prodigal son, He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And I believe most people live parked right here in a van down by the river. We've got some people who know what I'm talking about. In a van. Anyways, let's move on. I think too many people live parked, right? That's a Chris Farley impersonation. He was on a show called Saturday Night Live, which used to be funny. Then it got funny again, and it's not funny anymore. Let's move on. I think a lot of people live parked right here. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. I think that religion has spoken this message. I think you probably had a leader in your life speak this message either consciously or unconsciously. And too many people live parked right here. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But Jesus reversed that. Jesus built community with tax collectors and adulterers and reprobates. He would go and sit at the table and eat with them and he would not speak anything of accusation. He would just be the embodiment of love and mercy and grace which is available. He changed the narrative. And when Jesus is telling the story about the prodigal son, he continues on. Look at this in verse 20. The prodigal arose and he came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this is my son who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is Found that is the message of Jesus, and it always will be. He doesn't look at us through the lens of our past and our failures. He looks at us through the lens of the grace that is only available through God the Father. He said, this is my son who was lost and is now found. Jesus' message is timely, and it is available. But Jesus' message is also decisive. 
He shifts the narrative. He says, time is short. Eternity is looming. But God's grace, grace is within reach. God's grace, God's grace is within reach. It's available to all. However, listen, Jesus doesn't change his message for the sake of grace. What does he say? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is hand. And then he said, repent. So he doesn't change the message of truth simply for the sake of grace. He says, my grace is available, but you must repent. He's asking humanity to turn 180 degrees and head a different direction with our life. He's proclaiming that he is the way and not your way. He's saying, hey, it's not about what you think it is. It's about what I'm telling you it is. God's grace is available, but an about face is necessary. Listen, this is a hard part of the gospel. His grace is available. His grace is for anyone who believes. But the Bible says that we must repent. So this is the narrative that is challenging and it is scandalous and it is difficult. But look at the story of the prodigal son who found himself in the midst of squander, in the midst of pain. The Bible says a famine hit the land and he found himself feeding pigs from a pig trough, which as a Jew would have been the worst of the worst. Eating from the same troughs as an unclean animal, which just the simple act of this would have had him kicked out of his family. But look at what the Bible says when Jesus tells this story it says that the prodigal son came to himself and said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. He came to a realization that I can't just live the way that I want to live and experience the grace that God has for me. It's available, but an about face is necessary. Why? Because eternity hangs in the balance. There will come a day, the Bible says, there will come a day where all men will die and then stand before the judgment. That's non-negotiable. It doesn't even matter if you don't believe that. God's not asking your permission. That is your reality. It is my reality. And then we will experience eternity in one of two kingdoms. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of darkness. Well, Pastor Kerry, this sounds like fire and brimstone. Sounds like you're one of those crazy religious fanatics. No, I'm just sharing the message of Jesus. I love what one theologian says regarding, he said, Jesus' listeners were ground under the heels of Roman tyranny, oppressed by the legalistic whip of pharisaical religion beaten down by the poverty of the land by a corrupted system of taxes and usury. If anyone deserved a message of hope, they did. And yet Jesus preaches repentance, which calls out, listen, the recognition of guilt and the hatred of sin. I mean, these people deserved a message of hope, this was a horrible time to be the crowd of people that Jesus was speaking to. And he still meets, preaches a message of repentance and listen, the hatred of sin. We've become too casual with sin in America. We flirt with it. 
Because what we've learned to do is abuse the grace that God has given us. Jesus says, hey, I'm calling you to repentance, which means to turn your way, turn from your ways. It sounds like Jesus is cruel, but by no means did the people need help. Absolutely. Why? Because sin is the human condition. It's the universal human condition. But until our sin is acknowledged and confessed, there is no hope. And that's hard. Until our sin is acknowledged and confessed, there is no hope. Carl Menninger, a prominent psychiatrist in the early 1900s, in his book, Whatever Became of Sin, sums this up so well. Listen, what shall we cry? We'll cry comfort and cry repentance and cry hope. Because recognition of our part in the world's transgression is the only remaining hope. It's the only remaining hope. Friends, repentance is still the prelude to hope. And some of you who are watching, who are in this studio, who are at our South Campus, you need to start right here. You need some hope. But you need the starting point with Jesus. It's the recognition of what he wants to do in your life, and it's an about face, which means I'm turning and I'm going to pursue who he is. There's some of you who are watching, maybe on your cell phone or driving in your car, maybe some of you who are in this room right now, some of you who are seated very comfortably at our South Campus, and you've never begun the journey with Jesus. And my friend, you might be striving for hope, but you'll never find it until you find true repentance. And the good news is, the good news of the message of Jesus is it is available freely to you. All you have to do is believe. That means to believe that Jesus was who he said he was, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, when I confess that, in that moment I experience life and life more abundantly. So I want to take a moment before we go any further. And I just want to give people who are in this room, who are watching online or at one of our studio campuses an, an opportunity to respond. Would you do me a favor? Everybody who can hear my voice, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody moving, nobody looking around. But perhaps you're listening, you're in this room, you're hearing what I'm saying and you realize that I need to begin this journey right now. Can I tell you the message of Jesus is not that you're too far gone. The message of Jesus is not that you are without hope. The message of Jesus is that he is hope and it's available to you, but there is a moment where you surrender, where you say yes to who Jesus is. And in a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to do just that. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want to ask everyone in this room, pray with me aloud, but some of you in this room need to make this your moment. Some of you in this room, when we pray this prayer, you might be praying it again for the first time in a long time, but make this your moment. Let's start this journey with Jesus and experience a hope like never before. So everyone who can hear my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Just say, dear God, Come on, say it again. Say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I know that you've given me purpose. I'm not perfect, 
would you forgive me tonight in this moment I'm choosing to repent to follow you now just make this statement your own say Jesus I give you my life in Jesus name If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.